Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining this week's message from Zoe Church. We are in a brand new series called Talk of the Town out of Mark chapter 5. Cannot wait to jump into this week's message. But I want to thank everybody that subscribes to our podcast, shares our podcast, leave a comment on today's podcast. Helps us so much. And I want to thank everybody that gives to Zoe Church. If you'd like to begin your tithes and offerings worship to the Lord, you can go to our website or text Zoe to 77977. 77977. Text Zoe there and we'll send you a link. But let's jump into this week's message, His Mercy, My Story. We started last week a brand new series and I'm excited to preach part two. We, we're calling this series The Talk of the Town. And really we're studying for the next few weeks two subjects that are very big to me. And that is freedom and forgiveness. We want to talk together as a community about finding freedom and walking in true forgiveness. And this is a big deal because I believe that there's many people that are in bondage that are still believers. And the reason why a lot of believers are in bondage is because they never believed in the first place that they could get into bondage. But I believe what the scriptures teaches, and that is Jesus has come to set us free. And whenever you receive forgiveness, the first thing that happens is you feel led to give forgiveness. So we're talking together about these two fundamental big deals in our life, freedom and forgiveness. And that's not just for cowboy fans in our church that need freedom clearly and massive amount of forgiveness. But I'm really believing over the next few weeks as we study this and as we dive in that we'll allow the Lord to heal some areas of our life. We'll allow God to speak to us about some areas. And um, talk of the town really comes from, we're going to read it in a moment, Mark 5 verse 20 in the message translation says, someone that experiences freedom and forgiveness, people will be amazed at what God does in your life. See, the amazing thing about your life is not what you purchase or acquire or your attire, what people will be amazed with is what God did in your life. I knew you before, and now I know you here, and that clearly had to be Jesus. Amen to that? We'll go to Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. It says this. It says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gethsemane. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit, came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could go no longer, could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. Nobody was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to him, and bowed low before him. I just got to pause right there. Anybody thankful today that Jesus has all the power, all the authority, all the dominion, and all the control? So I want you to get the image real fast. They've just arrived from boat. We'll talk about what happened on the boat in a moment. 
They arrive on boat. They're in an area that really Jesus shouldn't be in. This is not his turf. And they see a man possessed by demons. You ever see somebody that's got a demon? Your cousin. Damon. Damon. This man is filled with demons. But when he sees Jesus, he runs to him and bows down to him. Oh, I love that song we're singing today. One day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, Westside, clap with us. Come on, he's got all the power. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to him, bowed down before him with a shriek. He screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, "Uh, what is your name? And the man replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside of this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again to not send them to some distant place. I need you to recognize what's happening here is that these demon spirits, they want to live in a territory, a city or a region. Some some spirits want to dwell in a home. They do not want to leave. That's why if you're going to live in Los Angeles, you need to recognize the spirits of this city that want us to bow down to them. We will not bow to an evil spirit because we only bow to the Holy Spirit. These spirits want to be, they say, you can take us out of the man, but don't let us us leave the region. That's why you need to be careful wherever you leave, wherever you go, to recognize the spirits of that city, the spirits of that community. What is it trying to get me to do? What is it trying to get me to worship? What is it trying to get me to purchase? What is it trying to get me to become? So don't let me leave this area. We want, we want to stay in this region. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. And, and they said, send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission and the evil spirits came out of the man and into the pigs and the entire herd of about them was about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned into the water. Just observation, that's wasting a lot of bacon. Thumbs up. What a, what a bummer. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been, used to be possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid, and those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began to plague, pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat to leave, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. 
Look at, look at verse 20 of the message. And the man went back and began to preach to the 10 towns in the area about what Jesus had done for him. And he was the talk of the town. Everybody was talking. I met a man that was demon-possessed, outside of his mind, losing his mind, was howling and screeching and cutting, but all of a sudden when he met Jesus, he was healed, delivered, and put back into his right mind. Come on, anybody believe today in the power of the name of Jesus? I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called, His Mercy is My Story. So you got to differentiate. Grace is getting undeserved blessing. Mercy is when God spares you and doesn't give you what you do deserve. This man had lived a life where he deserved all this torment and all these bad decisions, but I'm thanking God today that though you made a mistake, you are not a mistake. Though you have a, a past that might be checkered and littered with all kinds of problems and issues, when you encounter Jesus, you're going to receive freedom and you're going to receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. His mercy is my story. I love I never preached out of Mark 5 before. I just, I'm so excited about this message because this man was cutting himself and howling and going crazy and, and Jesus shows up. By the way, Jesus is coming from the water. Remember, when he was on the waters, when he spoke to the storm and quieted the storm, proving that he has authority even over the weather. That's why every Sunday when it doesn't rain here in L.A., know that your boy prayed for that, Okay. If it does rain, I'm living in sin, okay? But Jesus, Jesus go, comes off the boat, and, and it's amazing here because he's speaking and helping a man that is from a region that's not Jewish. This is not the part where you should be grafted in and receive a blessing. That's why when the man says, can I come with you? He says, no, go even tell your town that I love your kind of people too. Go let everybody know of the power that happens when you encounter the gospel. Let everybody know that I, I have mercy, not just on, see, before this, what happened was there was 10 lepers that were healed and only one of them came back and he says and begs them, do not tell anybody what I did for you. Oftentimes Jesus would perform a miracle and he'd say, hey, come here. Hey, I know I did something great, but do me a favor. Don't tell anybody. Don't let anybody know. This time Jesus performs a miracle and he says, I want you to go back and I want you to let everybody know what I did for you. That I had mercy on somebody even like you. Anybody thankful today that God was so loving and gracious, he had mercy on even somebody like me and you. Come on, clap together and thank him for his grace. And this is kind of a wild picture here. This man howling and cutting. They can't get a chain to to hold him back. This is a crazy scenario. His, his name, he's got a bunch of demons. And, and whenever we think about demons, you know, for us in our context, we think, you know, a Christian can't have a demon. A believer, if you're a believer in Jesus, you cannot have a demon. Cannot be demon-possessed. And I think the reason why we've thought that in the right way is because you're right, a demon cannot possess you but a demon can influence you. A demon can, can try and gain mastery over you. In fact, let me just show you the Greek word here of what it means to be demonized. The Greek word does not mean to own. 
They live in people, but they cannot own them. It means that they gain mastery over or power over. It's kind of like today when I left my house for church, if I left my front door unlocked and while I was gone, a thief comes into my house and starts to steal things. And I come home and when I get back to my house, there's still a thief in my house. When the thief, when I find the thief, they do not own the house, they're just in my house. See, when we see the word possess, we think ownership. You possess a property. You possess a firearm. You possess a, a, a business. No, a demon comes into your life and doesn't own you, but it can try and control you. It can try and gain influence over your life. That's why you must be careful of sin. Sin is the gateway. Sin is the door in which this activity, unclean spirits, un evil spirits, start coming into your life to mess with your life. You're thinking things you shouldn't be thinking. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Why? Because there's something that's controlling you that's not God's spirit. It's the world's spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's an evil spirit. That's why God came off the lake to say, I care about anybody that's being messed with by an evil spirit. In fact, I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down number one. Jesus cares more about people than property. And he proves it here. These guys are worried about, about being in this region and, and the pigs. In fact, the town's like, leave here. You just cost us a lot of money. Jesus has made his way all the way from all the people that, that are chosen to a man that isn't chosen. He made his way to people that, he, that were already in church to a man that's never been in church. And says, I care about anybody that's in bondage, anybody that's hurting, anybody that's being tormented, anybody that's got suicide and anybody that's got depression. I'm because I care about people more than property. Just look up at the scripture again, verse 7. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? You ever, you ever feel that way? God, why do you care about me? Little old me and my life. And why are you, why are you? Even Legion's like, I'm not important. Why are you, let me just cut, scream. Shout, go Cowboys. Why? <laughs> Jesus is proving once again that he leaves the 99 for the one. I care about my children. And if anybody, any one of my kids is cutting themselves, any one of my kids is shrieking because they're tormented, don't think for one second I won't get on the boat and I'll make my way over to them. And everybody else wrote you, wrote you off and said you're done. But I call you gold. I call you a child of God. You are loved and you got a future. Come on. Westside, clap with us today if you're grateful that Jesus cares about people more than anything else. His number one concern is your freedom. His number one concern is your prosperity and your soul. His number one concern is you doing well. He wants freedom. In fact, write down number two today. It's God's will. It is, it, it's don't believe that bondage and broken are God's plan for your life. Do not believe for one second that I'm just going to limp through life and I'm going to deal with this brokenness and I'm going to have this chain. I'm chained to this addiction. I'm chained to this person. I'm chained to this thinking pattern. And it's just going to always be that way. No, it's not in the name of Jesus. When Jesus shows up, he can break any chain. Don't you settle for this life. All the way from the second book of the Bible, God has been fighting for freedom. 
God sees his kids in slavery. They're bound. They're being, being, being ran, ran around and dictated. And watch what God says in Exodus chapter uh, 7. Let my people go so that they may worship me. You, you, you watch somebody that's bound in addiction or bound to unforgiveness, bound in bitterness. You watch someone that's bound, and one of the first things that goes is their worship. In fact, they would rather hear the message than, than sing the songs because singing the songs, I can't do anymore because I'm bound. And I got bitterness and I got brokenness. Be careful of the enemy because the enemy, I don't care how gifted or talented you are, the enemy comes first to bind you, then blind you. And after he blinds you, he breaks you. So this is the order he worked with Samson and it's the order he works with you. This is how he influences you. He binds you and then blinds you. If you don't know the Bible, there's a story about a man named Samson. He's got long hair. He's built much like myself. <laughs> I tried so hard. Samson's, Samson's the man. But Samson lets compromise. Again, the way evil spirits start to work in your life is through compromise, sin. That's why when you're under the influence of certain things, you're opening up a door to those spirits in your life. And so Samson's got a, a girl with him named Delilah. If, your name, if you're here and your name is Delilah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and Delilah starts wearing him down, asking him his secret. And the moment he gives in and lets her in the door, the first thing that happens is they run in and they bind him. The second thing that happens is they come upon him and they take out his eyeballs and he's blind. And in the end, they break him. And this is the order of how the enemy works in your life. He wants to bind you to something. that You're bound to an addiction. You're bound to a relationship. You're bound to a bad thinking pattern. He binds and then blinds. Now you have no vision. You have no vitality. You have no strength. You don't see what God's doing in your life. You don't see God in others. And then eventually you live broken. It is not God's will for your life to live broken and to live blind and to live bound. God cares about your freedom. And again, I want to reemphasize that most believers are bound because they believed, I can't get bound, I believe in Jesus. No, maybe the thief came in because the door was open and the thief has gotten more influence, more mastery, more control than you realize right now. And we need to denounce and get rid of the thief and reclaim lordship over our homes and hearts to say, I'm going to live in freedom and I'm going to live in forgiveness and you have no room in my life. God cares about this. That's why Jesus says, wherever my spirit is, there's freedom. Jesus goes, whoever I set free is free indeed. Amen. He makes it so plain. It is for freedom that I've set you free. God wants you to be free to love and to laugh and to worship and to serve and to help and to bless and to encourage. And the more bound you are, the more broken you are, the more blind you are, the more stuck you are. And we just need to be acknowledging things that, listen, the reason why we believe that God is so good is greater is he that's within me than he that is within the world. I've got a greater spirit in my life, and it's called the Holy Spirit. 
But make no mistake about it, this man, this evil force, let me just show you some buzzwords that, 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 that the enemy is described in in the Bible. Look, look at, he's got thrones and lordship and rulers and authorities and powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness and evil and unclean spirits. This is like Harry Potter on crack. This is insane. <laughs> and and I, 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 what I'm trying to get you to, to be convinced of today is stop being so naive. That you think that opening that door won't cost you anything. And unclean, evil spirits are trying to mess with you. And it's all through sin. Watch Ephesians 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once, when you were in college, walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of this air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So how is it I was once made alive in Christ, but now I'm going back to disobeying God's word? And as I disobey what God's will is, I open my life to activity that's not from the Lord. I'm opening my home and my heart let me just speak to all the men in the church. When you watch pornography, you're opening your heart and your home to those spirits. And you're allowing spirits into your life. It's all through disobedience. I'm thankful today that the Holy Spirit loves me enough. Jesus loves me enough to say, you weren't called to a life of compromise and sin. You are called to a life of freedom and forgiveness to walk in the truth of my plan. And I'll never forget when in 2004, in 2004, I started date, dating this girl before Julia. And, and, and she's never heard this story. She's going to find out right now. Anyways, <laughs> God, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're, we go to counseling together. Anyways. <clears throat> and um, and I, I, I started dating this girl. There's always the one before the one. Am I right? And so um, I'm dating this girl. And, um, and I'm about a month into the relationship. And I've been a pastor for five years. I've been preaching. And, and, and so I was in the ministry. And I'm five years in and dating this girl for about one month. And it was in September the Lord spoke to me and says, break up with her. This is not my will. And so I replied to the Lord, no. <laughs> you missed it. You don't always miss, but this time you missed it. So I know you know. So for the next seven months, I, I disobeyed willfully the plan of God for my life. And so I can tell you that the first day I didn't feel like anything really happened. But gradually I started to face things I've, to this day I've never faced in my life. I fell into depression I didn't want to get out of bed. I've never been depressed before this or after this. But I was depressed. I started to develop self-hatred. I remember driving in my car. I turned the mirror towards myself and I'd yell at myself crying. I was so mad at myself. I didn't want to be in the ministry anymore. I didn't want to preach. 
I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want, I didn't want to live. I wasn't suicidal, but I was pretty close. And all of this influence started to develop in my life. All of these thoughts started to develop in my life. And it wasn't until the month of April, September to April, in the month of April, I was so exhausted. I was so tired of running from God. I finally, I finally gathered enough strength to break it off and repent to God. And when I repented, all my strength came back. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. In fact, this is the third and the final point I want you to write down. You need to repent and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to repent from anything that's outside of God's will in your life. You need to repent, repent. Repenting is not feeling bad about sin. Repenting is turning away from sin. Repenting is not even crying. I don't care if you have tears or not. Repenting is not crying. Repenting is, it's making a 180. I was going this way, but I am now going this way. One of my favorite scriptures, Acts 3.19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Ain't nothing will feel better than being free and being forgiven, but it all happens in repentance. I turn away from this thinking. I turn away from self-loathing. I turn away from self-hatred. I turn away from disobedience. I turn away from relationships that are not your will. I turn away from rebellion. I turn away from malice. I turn away from deceit. I turn away from lust. I turn away from greed. Come on, clap today if you know what it means to repent and turn to Jesus. I'm repenting. Why? The cross before me, the world behind me. And you need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, put on the screen. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Greek word there is dunamai, dynamite, dynamite power. Power to forgive, power to break chains, power to, to walk in your potential, power to leave your old past behind, power to walk in your new freedom. Come on, I feel the Holy Spirit. Clap in here today. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. We're not drunk off, 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 off wine. We're drunk on the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible shows us. I'm not filled with all these spirits and all. Some of you need to recognize this thing that's going on in me. I'm thinking ways. I'm feeling things. I'm, this is not God. This is not God. This is not God. Wherever God is, there's peace, joy, love, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, faithfulness, mercy. So maybe you aren't possessed. Maybe you're influenced. Maybe that influence, the last thing any spirit wants to do that's not of God is wants to leave your life. It does not want to leave. But I'm believing that today in the name of Jesus, you'll be set free. Maybe it happened when you were a kid. Maybe it happened when you were a teenager. Maybe the spirit has been a part of your life and identity since you were young. I denounce it. I release it. I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You cannot get free without repentance. You cannot get free without repentance. So the Holy Spirit shows us two areas in our life 
what am I chained to? And who do I need to forgive? What compromise have I allowed in my life through disobedience? And it's this simple. Lord, I repent. I turn away from that. Gone. Lord, I'm asking you, help me to forgive them. You ever hear in culture when people say, you know, so-and-so is living rent-free. They're not living rent-free in your head. They're living rent-free in your heart. And they're blocking the flow of the kingdom of God. Some people, you need to pray once and you forgive them. Some people, you got to wake up every day and ask the Lord, Lord, give me strength today to forgive them. But I'm just believing for your life. That if Jesus loved this man that everybody else thought was crazy, got off the boat and delivered him, to say to this man, son, I've come because I love you. Nothing grieves me more than seeing my children in bondage. He's begging him, can I come? No, 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 no. Go tell him that my mercy is your story. That I have mercy on people that don't deserve it. See, some of your sin and compromise makes you feel like you're ineligible for God's best. It's a lie from the enemy. What makes you a candidate for God's grace is the fact that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And I just want to present, if God loved him enough, come on, church, he can love you enough. If God made his way on a boat for that guy, he can make his way on a Sunday in a service to your life. But you'll never understand freedom until you repent and you get the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit starts working in your life, the Holy Spirit is your comforter, convictor, reminder, your leader, your teacher. And the Holy Spirit starts saying, don't open that door. Don't go down that path. Don't entertain those thoughts. Don't be a, live a life of compromise. Don't disobey me. Don't live seven months in disobedience and face the consequences. No, walk in freedom. Walk in truth. Walk in liberty. Walk in plan. Walk in purpose. Walk in passion. Just believing for your life that you will live the most free this year. You'll live with forgiveness running in you and running out of you. Amen to that. Stand to your feet, both both locations. I don't want to break off from the west side. I want to pray a prayer today with everybody together. I want to pray a prayer and I want you to hear these words today. Maybe some of these might resonate with you, but If there is any spirit in you that is foul, any spirit that is evil, we must take authority in the name of Jesus. By the way, our authority is not in ourselves. Our authority is in the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, clap if you agree with that today.